All right, all right. Well gone, people. It's the Visions Podcast once again. I'm here, my guy, JT, on the right-hand side. It's your boy, Dez. We're right here, we have a very special guest in our midst today. Allow him to introduce himself. Tell the people who you are, what event you do. Just let them know, man. <laughs> um, Rich Miller. Um, 100 meter sprinter. Yeah, man. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. South, South London. I, I feel like when it's me, when you see me, it's just South London right now. So it's always South London, man. You know what I'm saying? South. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're going to drive. We're just going to dive straight in with the questions. First of all, thank you for coming on and being a part of this, by the way. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So, yeah, first question. Just a standard one, because obviously our viewers don't know. I don't know personally, and I'm sure Josh doesn't know. How did you get into track and field? Well, go all the way back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Um, my brother, Chad, he's athlete as well, for those who don't know. Um, he he always loved athletics. Um, my dad used to be an athlete as well, so he'd always watch athletics. And, um, yeah, he just wanted to start doing some some running so my dad always just used to take us to the track every now and then but one day after i can't remember what year world champs we just went down to the track and started to like go every week after that so yeah just literally going down to my local track so for me that's two in back and um just like kind of viewing seeing what coaches were there joined one of the groups uh, my first coach Anton Holder, big up him. Um, so yeah, that was that was it for me. Awesome, awesome. What what year was that? If you, if you can remember the year, possibly. I, I was. We were young, but like that wasn't competing. So I started competing in 2011, but that was um, that might have been like 2007, maybe. No, maybe even. I don't even know, but that was early. That was early. That was a while ago. Wow. And, and go, go ahead, Josh, go ahead. Go, bro, go. Be good. I was going to say, when did you start to receive some sort of prominence? When did you start to get up to a high level, start to hit those fast me, times? I'm, I'm not going to lie. For me, like, my jet, like, for me, winning county championships, like, that was, that was a milestone for me. Mm-hmm. So, when I, the first, yeah, I won county championships. I went to English schools as well. For me, again, that was a big thing. Because those times, that was when English schools was on TV. So mm, mm. that was in 2012. And I just around like South, that was when once you go to English schools, it's like, okay, yeah, cool. But um, properly, like 2015, that was when I made my first um, GB youth team, um, world, world youth. So, yeah, I'll say 2015. You know, that's a blessing that you got to go to that competition because obviously they locked it off. So you were yeah. one of the last few to be able to compete at that. What was that competition like? What was it like? That was great, man. That was great. Like, And like now you're starting to see like people from like in my class like start to make senior teams. So that was like, um, I was sharing share a room with Ollie Bromby, um, who lit, he just went to Europeans. Um, 
and it was just it was just great man it was in Colombia so like that's like a great place to go to like um yeah it was just, like me Ollie Toby Toby Harry's um Alicia I don't know if you guys know but Hope you probably won't know that um Markin Neve uh Alex Yee like loads loads of people there man it was just it was just nice like getting GB kit like when you get that GB kit like that's a that's a moment in itself so of course yeah man it was just I was just gassed in it I was just gassed yeah that's amazing and in regards to performance how did how did you get on how did how did it the, um, from a performance so, standpoint yeah performance wise I came I got a, I got a bronze I came third so that was that was a big moment as well like for it, like everyone at the time, like for me, um, again, I go back to for South London, like not even just athletics, but like my friends as well. So just to show, like, because that time I was like 17, so 17, I'm achieving something at world level for my age. So that was like a big thing. Mm. And, yeah, man, it's a, it a big moment. It's a big moment. World Bronze, and the, the the winner, the champion was Sunny Brown. He's gone on to like run sub yeah. 10. He broke the record in for like the hundred and the two at the champs. So yeah, man, it was a good champs, a good experience. Wow, you say you're from South London. I was gonna ask if um if it was just athletics you were into, if there were if it was like any other sports you were into at the time and what made you kind of pursue athletics only? Was it family reasons or was it any other reason? Because I know there's a lot of South London footballers, obviously a lot of footballers held from South London, obviously big big yeah. ballers in the Premier today. You know what's mad, yeah? Um, I used to, I used to play for like a strong team in ends in it. Like, um, yeah. I used to play for a team called Cannon, and there, I think there's definitely been a couple ballers from my team, but I know um, the young Chalabar, Trevor Chalabar, he used to play yeah, for yeah, my Trevor, team. Yeah. Innit? I used wow. to play with him, mad. and I remember, I remember one time, um, his his brother came to watch one of our training sessions in it. And obviously in our team, Trevor was the guy. Like, <laughs> he was the guy. He was co- he was like the guy, like, yo, this guy is the best. Yeah. And his obviously his brother at the time, like I didn't know, I just thought, oh, this is this guy's older brother. Yeah, he plays for Chelsea and it's cool. Yeah. But like he came and then after the session, I just remember hearing him saying to him, like, yo, like you've got so much to learn. Duh, 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 duh. And I remember just thinking, if this guy's got so much to learn, what about me? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but back then, yeah, I wanted to be I wanted to be a footballer back then. Like that yeah, was yeah. my first dream in it. Of course. Um I was alright, I was fast, of course. Like a, a fast winger, but I just didn't get I didn't get I didn't get it early enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, that was the first dream. Football. That's sick, that's sick. Oh. Okay, okay. So 2015, fast forward. We'll try and go in like year order potentially. So what happened next in 2016, the following year coming off of yeah. World Youth, bronze medal. World Youth, bronze medal. Um, then I went to Commonwealth Youth, uh, got a silver medal, ran 10-3, which for me was a big thing because 10-3 was like one of my like milestone times that I wanted to run. So on that day, I was gassed. Um, 2016 now, World Juniors time. Again, my world junior class is like, so let me not skip to that, but 2016 comes now. I'm just like, cool, gotta go. Try to win this world juniors. 
Um, so I'm just locked in that these times I'm at Oakland's. So like if people know about Oakland's, that that like that's like the that Arsenal Academy of sprinting. Like <laughs> there's there's, there's sprinting coming through like talking about like uh, OJ, Daryl, Ruben Arthur, me, Theo, um, Tommy, Kyle Lankford in the 800, uh, Ellie Baker, like, that's not sprinters, but you know what I'm saying, like, athletes coming yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, at that time, like, our group was on a high because we're coming off big performances, so we were just locked in, just trying to trying to keep pushing it to the next level. Um, my year started indoors. Indoors, I remember I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to run 6'6", six, six, and I didn't. So that kind of fueled me going into the outdoor season. Um, opened up 10-4. I think the standard was, the standard was 10-45. Opened up 10-4. Then my next race, I ran the standard into like a minus 1.9. So I was gassed. And then went to the um, UK trials, qualified. And then that's where we get to the World Juniors. Like my World Junior class is like Noah Lowell's won the hundred. Tortu is in it. Just like loads of guys that you see now. So in that race, I got injured. That's that's when I first had like my first major injury. But just the experience of World Juniors is just it's just lit. Like I remember speaking to like people at Oakland that had been to so like Ruben and. OJ that had been to World Juniors and just asking them the difference like between World Juniors and World Youth. And they was just like, it's just it's just big, like it's just a bigger stage. And literally getting there, it just felt like this is mad. But yeah, man, it's a great experience. Again, like being there as well, just kind of saying, okay, cool, like again, for my age, this is the best in the world. I'm making the final. I feel like I could do something in this final. So, yeah, man, that was a good year. But the injury kind of ruined my final, but it is what it is. Mm. 2017, recovered recovered from the injury, came back. I actually started my season in Jamaica, like, in May. I opened up on, like, 10-3. So that's a standard straight away. Went to Loughborough, 10-3 again. So I was like, cool. Wait. No, yeah, I ran 10-3, but it was windy. It was windy. Um, and that, that season, I was just chasing the times because I, I just really, like, because I got injured in 2016, I felt like I just had something to prove. Like, I need to show that I can run fast. Mm-hmm. So I ran 10-3s, 10-3 again at, like, Lee Valley. On that, but on that day, I was hurt. I shouldn't have run. And that day kind of set me back after that. Um, so luckily, I got a, I got a buy from. Cause I don't know if people might not know this, but 2017, I went to European Juniors, but I didn't go to the trials because I actually got a buy because I had an injury and like I uh, got a scan, showed the results, and they saw okay, yeah, cool, he's injured. So went to Mannheim to prove my fitness. I ran 10:28, but it was like plus 2.1 fuming. So. But these times I'm just rushing back to try and 
win European juniors mm. and then again get to European juniors injured. So it was it was rough. It was rough. Okay. So 2016, 2017, we're kind of heavily on the injury front. Still putting in some good performances, but just heavily sort of affected by injuries when it gets to the big stage, which yeah. obviously would have been quite frustrating. So I'm guessing, I don't know what happened in 2018, but I'm guessing from that those past two seasons being heavily injury sort of affected, what were the main things that, you kind of took from that into 20 to 18 in terms of what you changed, maybe being training or nutrition or just yeah. general stuff that could have improved the situation. 2018, we just kind of thought, like, let's just take a step back because I'm rushing to get to this level, but I'm not ready yet. So let me just try to just rebuild myself. So that's, that's what we did. We just took our time um, and just worked. So... I haven't really had any, I haven't had an injury of that scale. I've had little niggles here and there, but since 2017, I haven't had an a injury like that. So just been, just rebuilding um, 2018, just took my time, just came back slow. I think I ran my best times in, yeah, I ran my best times in August that year. So it was just a slow build and yeah, man, just, just, just patience really. Is there any major competition in 2018? Was there uh, major? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't have a major competition that year, so that that allowed me the time as well because there wasn't any like age groups. I was under twenty three as well. There weren't any under twenty threes, so yeah, just just took my time. Okay. Now before we go on to the next years, when did you pick up your branding endorsement deal? Where, how old were you oh, when that happened? Way, that was that was early, man. That's way back. Like it's, me, I always say like. I benefited from the people that, like, I was associated with. So, because I was at Oaklands, like I said, that Oaklands, that's like the Chelsea Academy of Sprinting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, Jonas was there at the time. Like, Jonas had, like, his athletes. Ryan had his athletes. So, when I'm coming through now, it's like, you got CJ who's done what he's done. Mm. And then you've got OJ who's done what he's done. So it's like, all right, cool. This guy might be the next one to do this. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've, I've signed I've signed at 16. I've signed before I even went to World Youth. I've already signed because indoors, I ran 6.78, which was like number one in the world for 60, for, the, for my age, for like a youth. So after that, I was trying to get a kit drop, basically, from Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a bit long. It was a bit long, but Ryan, because of Sabrina, like Sabrina, that's my goat as well. Shout out to Sabrina. She won World Youth mm-hmm. in 2013. And she had the relationship with Adidas and her coach, Jane. And then we got in touch with Andrew, who was working at Adidas at the time. He's an agent now, though. And... Um, we just started talking from there. And then that's how me, Ruben, and Tommy initially signed. So we signed in 2015, like June, I think, June 2015. So what was that like at that such a young age? It was mad. It was crazy. Like, just, I don't even know. Because those times, I just wanted to get a kit drop. Like, the year 2014, I remember just, like, 
I used to train with my dad. So my dad just coached me when I first won my national titles. And I'll just be moaning like, yo, I just want a kit drop. Like, I just want a kit drop. I want a kit drop, I want a kit drop. So now I've started to run fast. I'm thinking, cool, I'm going to get a kit drop. I'm going to get a kit drop. It's lit. And then I remember just coming into training or whatever, or just WhatsApp and Ryan and just being like, yo, Adidas are saying, let's, let's do the deal. So it's like, my 16. I was, I was gassed. I was yeah, gassed. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So, I wouldn't advise anybody, but, but now I wouldn't advise anybody, anyone to sign at that age. Like I speak okay. to my, my agent about it as well. Like, um, so for me, the best thing I, when I speak to athletes, I always say, like, NCAA's go to the NCAA's go to NCAA's go to NCAA's. So yeah, when you sign at sixteen, you're kind of just branching yourself in like you've boxed yourself in now you've killed your eligibility at 16 um so it's not the best move but i don't regret it i don't regret it but i just wouldn't advise it and yeah man i think just keep keep grinding it out like it's it's obviously you want to get the money like who doesn't want to get the money who doesn't want to have at whatever company in their bio but yeah, man, I think it's, it's better to just weigh up your options. Maybe you go Loughborough, maybe you go to, I would advise, America. So, yeah, man. So, this is a kind of a, this touches on what you said a little bit. So, you were 16, obviously, when you signed. In terms of schoolwork, uni, all that kind of stuff, I'm guessing that was quite far from your mind at the time. And when you signed at 16, or did you immediately think, oh, okay, so university's out of the picture. I'm basically kind of like a pro athlete. I can just train full time. Is that kind of uh, the mentality that you had? My mentality, like, is just a bit different because the back, like, the background I'm coming from, for me, uni was never really. I didn't really want to go to uni anyway, even before that. So, whether or not I signed, I wouldn't have wanted to go to uni. Um, like Ruben, Ruben and Tommy, they signed, they went to uni. So I don't think signing, because you're not making, unless you're running like 10-0 at Sutton or something, you're not making enough money to just, like, you're not a footballer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so course. I don't, I think um, even the, all the, like Adam went to uni, Dino went to uni, like, see, everyone went to uni. But just for me personally, uni is just not for me. So don't get me wrong, I would have went to the NCAAs. <laughs> but but you like British uni like nah that was never for me to be honest um, but yeah like I did think okay cool I'm just gonna keep working keep grinding and just keep moving up the ladder in athletics like as a pro that was that was what I was thinking so you must have had quite a lot of free time so we finished year 11 uh, so yeah, what did you do after you finished your eleven then? No, but I still went to. I was still in college. Though. I was still in college. So. Oh yeah, you were still yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah. You were still in college. Okay, okay. Was it quite heavy the workload in terms of um schoolwork or not really? Was it quite lenient? What was it like? Um, it's just like I say. It's just how you. It's just how you take it. So for me, I just always was somebody that, which I regret now. But I always kind of just did the minimum because I didn't, I was just focused on that other stuff. But I guess it's just up to what, it's up to you as a person. Like I think, I don't think you should 
put your eggs in the athletics basket to say yeah. like because you're you're only gonna run for so long. And when I used to hear people say this, I used to think like yeah, you're just chatting foolishness, like, but it's true, like you're gonna run for about let me get let me give you an amazing career. Let's just say you you're signed for 10 years, like which probably isn't even that likely, but let's say you are signed for 10 years. After that, you're gonna have to do something. So you you gotta think like, okay, cool, ahead. But I've always kind of had other things I've I've wanted to do anyway. So yeah. So you said you regret not putting a bit more time and effort into the school. Well, why do why do you think they regret? Do you think it's it will potentially hinder you from opportunities? No, nah, not at all, not at all, not at all. But um, just like I was at originally in college, I was studying fashion. And like, that's something I'm very interested in. But at the time, I was just so focused on training that I would go into lessons sometimes late or when I'm there, I'm just not focused because I'm tired or whatever. So I kind of, like maybe if I did fashion and pursued that, then I probably would have went to university. But I just ended up changing to do a sports course because it just fit in well with my timetable and stuff like that. So. I'm not going to go to uni to do sports because I don't want to do that. So, yeah, but I don't regret, I don't regret it though because I've, I'm still pursuing the things that I want to do anyway. So there's other ways. Okay. To, to do that. No, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I want to touch on, you said you've got other interesting things, but what would you like to do after your career? Oh, man. Well, for me, there's, there's just so many things that, but um, a lot of, like, a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm a part of now, so like the narrative. Of course, yeah. Um, it's just something that I, like we, me, so me, Ruben and Amari, a lot of people don't know Amari, but that's like, that's the goat, that's the goat right there, like, shout out to him. But he's got a low profile, so a lot of people don't know, but he's the one that drops the real gems on the podcast, if you listen. But um, yeah, like just, I have I, I have a lot of like creative ideas. So even I'm a part of um track archives as well, like another track page and like media company. So we just got a lot of a lot of projects. Um some involvement athletics, like there's a lot of things that I like to do in terms of making content, um, putting on events, maybe some merchandise as well. So just stuff like that just to I would say put athletics just in a different light. I feel like it's not covered as well as it could be. Um, and I feel like building, a, I want to help like build a certain culture around athletics. So what's the so, main thing you want to want to change about it with that, with those ideas you've got, with those, with those projects you're a part of, what do you want to, what's the main thing you want to change about athletics? Like on a global so, scale? To be honest, there's not, um, It's difficult. I just, I would just like to help athletes. Like, for so the for the, for me, especially the narrative podcast, is like just helping athletes get information. Like, growing up in school and like college and stuff, I spent so much time watching interviews, like The Breakfast Club. 
different podcasts, just whatever. Because I just always like, I like information, especially from people that have done it or are doing it. Yeah. So that's kind of the aim with the narrative is to show people like different people in, involved in athletics and sports in general, like we'll, we'll branch out eventually as well and just give them information like say I've, I've always just if somebody wants like not advice but just an opinion or an ear I've, I've always kind of wanted to be there to lend that so that's what the narrative's about and then track archives is kind of just like I think in athletics we don't um if you look at like football basketball these kind of sports they always celebrate their history mm. and like Massively. They're always, um, there's standards, do you know what I mean? Like, there's expectations of, like, athletes. Like, if you want to get to this level, you've got to do this. So, Track Archives originally is just, like, celebrating the history, just showing, okay, cool, this is what these athletes are doing. Because athletes, I feel like a lot of the time, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, we think we're doing something new, but there have been people in the past that have already tried to do that, so... Just showing those people, giving them the giving them the light, and I think when people realise the history of athletics, they, it it it's like, oh, okay, that's actually cool. Like, I'm I'm interested in that. So, yeah, man, that's, mm. that's that's good. I like I like the idea of it. Yeah. I want to I want I've always wanted athletics to be more exciting. I feel like it's not valued as much, but. You see, I see polls and stuff that come up on YouTube and things like that, and it's a choice, like, would you want to be the fastest or the strongest or this, this, and this, and this? And people always vote they would want to be the fastest. It's always that quality, that main distinguishing quality in most sports. Like in American football, everyone knows who the fast guy is. Like, you've got Tyreek Hill or OBJ, who are quick, you know, and in other sports like that, it's, it's something that's celebrated. So I think what you're doing is good. It's a great way of being able to highlight on these things and make sport seem a bit make athletics seem like it's a main sport you know a real important sport a sport that is exciting and i like the idea of it um yeah but based off of that your relationship with adidas and you signing that contract and that deal did that help with your brother eventually signing as well because of the relationship you had and things like that um to a certain extent yeah to a certain extent yeah but um chad like chad's a different animal like for me I've always told, like, since school, since I first went to school in year seven, I won sports day, and everyone was like, oh, yo, like, you're mad fast. And I'll just be like, yeah, but my brother is going to be faster than me because he's coming in, like, two years. He's going to be faster. So with Chad, Chad is Chad's the guy. So whether or not I was at Adidas, like, Chad was going to be the guy. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it probably helped a little bit, like, but even then, like the people working at Adidas changed in that time as well. So somewhat mm, yeah, here and there, but not I don't think it made much difference to be honest. You say Chad's the guy, this is interesting because a lot of brothers who do the same sport are both very fast with a brand. It can probably create some sort of a rivalry or can but you seem to have a good camaraderie. You obviously train to get trained for quite some time together. Your brothers obviously. It's really interesting the fact that you've accepted the fact that maybe he is fast or like you said with sports day you were saying that he's going to be fast or things like that what yeah. what is it a case of you being older you seeing what he's like what led you to have that sort of mentality that oh he's going to be the guy or that he is the guy like i said when we started like chad loves athletics i love athletics but chad loves athletics like, i don't know anyone that loves athletics more than chad 
but don't get don't get don't get me don't get me twisted. When if when the time comes, because we still haven't raced properly, like there might be races on Power of Ten where me and him were in the same race, but we haven't like raced properly. So when the time comes, I tell him all the time, hundred meters, it's not happening. It's not happening for him. But Chad's he's he's like if if just like if you know Chad, everyone that's seen Chad run, that's just seen his build, everything he's come up, it's always been like, yeah, Chad, like that guy, like yeah, his technique, like his drive. So for me, I'm like I said, with my focus, I like creative stuff as well, like a lot. So I don't know, I just see things different. Like I'm not an athlete that's like yeah, yeah, me, me, me. Like I give people their props. That's why, especially like with say track archives, for example, like but on the day and when when it's time to get into it, I'm I'm ready to get into it. But outside of that, it's just it's just whatever to be honest. I like that. I think that's a good mentality. Some people think it's it's do or die, like we're in a sport where you fight. Like <laughs> Yeah, you're literally not you, you literally never touch anyone. Exactly. You literally never touch anyone. Like maybe really. Even then. Yeah. But <laughs> that's yeah. it. And even still, you're not yeah. really supposed to. And that's like something that um Reese Reese talks about as well. Like you're all literally in your own lane. Like so yeah, man. Exactly. It's it's not it's not like the be all end all. Like you can have relationships, you can, you can be in a relationship with a girl, you can enjoy life, you can do these things. Like, as much as it being, a, what, what you learn, what I've learned, I'm still, I've turned 19, like a few months back. I've learned from this sport is like, it's not, you, even though you're an athlete, you're still a human being at the same time, you can enjoy life, you, know you know what, know, these normal things. It's so funny you say that, because I was literally speaking to one of my goats. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but James Weaver, he's a hurdler. Um, and we were speaking about this exact thing, literally. And I'm probably going to do a survey about it, like um, the relationship between elite performance and like, I, wanna, I don't know what to, whether it's like mental health or I don't know, but it's hard because as much as I say like, yeah, like you can do stuff outside. And I think that's like where the line gets blurred because as much as it's about, you know, having a life and being healthy and balanced, it's not. Because <laughs> like, if you look at like Michael Jordan or Kobe, like there's a certain obsession that comes with like achieving something great. Definitely. And I think in athletics, we haven't found that, like we don't have a standard for that. The only person that really comes to mind with that is like Michael Johnson. Um, yeah, that's that's the only person that you really like associate to like a Michael Jordan or Kobe type level of. Like, do you know what I mean? Wait, so, what leads you to say that? I don't. I don't know as much about like his commitment, so to speak. Was he doing a yeah, lot gotta, more than everyone um, else? Like, what? Yeah, explain, because I don't. I don't know. And for the people that might not know, what's the book called? Not the second book. This the first book. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called. Let me Google it because that's not my name. I'm even reading the book and I can't remember what it's called. But if you like, just when you hear him speak about his mentality towards training and stuff, it's just very different to like what you'll hear from Bolt. 
because like uh, the book is called Slaying the Dragon. I recommend that to like any any athlete or anybody like interested should read Slaying the Dragon. But um, Michael Johnson Slaying the Dragon. It's just he's very. I would say like disciplined and meticulous with what he's doing. Whereas people get the impression from Bolt that it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'll work hard and then I have fun. And yeah, you do work hard and have fun, but it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's not like that. So I think we still, and that's even something that we'll work on covering with the narrative and track archives, like, what what is the standard for greatness? Like what what level do you have to be at like working at to achieve these things? Mm, so, I like it. I like the sound of that because yeah. obviously I'm guessing you've watched the Iron Bolt documentary about his track experience and everything like that. Yeah. It was really interesting seeing that like, of course he worked hard. I know he worked hard, but he would always kind of speak about how he loved to have fun. He wanted to come back and party. You'd see videos of it. He was he's a party guy. He liked to enjoy himself. He liked to enjoy himself. Um, when it started to get to, towards the end of his career before 2016, he, he knew that he was coming to terms with the fact that he was going to retire soon. He wanted to enjoy his life. He was saying how um, after a champs, he'd go and say party or whatever for a certain amount of time. And then he'd have to come back to training and losing motivation and things like that. And it's, it's so sh- the way when I first watched it, it wasn't the way I thought it would be. I thought he would have been yeah. a Michael Jordan S type. Like, of course, he trained hard. He did all the sessions, but in terms of like, he didn't talk much about the training, or, or, or he was more about the competition, etc. But yeah, it was just so different. You would have thought the best to ever do it would have had a similar mentality to Jordan and the other best to ever do it because they all share that in common. But Bolt seems to be yeah. like an outliner in terms of the way he approached the whole thing. Exactly, exactly, and I think. It's great for Bolt because that worked for him, but it's hard for an athlete that's looking for like a blueprint to greatness to follow that because it's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Whereas if you watch like um, a Kobe interview, then it's, it's like totally different energy. So I think even maybe like Michael Johnson needs a, a film like that to show more his mindset and just so we can have some balance so you can see, okay, cool, there's this way, there's like, there's different ways to, to be great. Mm. Then you've got Dennis Rodman, he's just Dennis Rodman. <laughs> this was amazing. Like I res- With that, it just shows there isn't really a blueprint. You, got, you have three different styles. You have Bolt's way, you have Rodman's way, you've got Kobe's way. Jordan's way, like Rodman, he was so naturally gifted and talented. He could turn up after a weekend in Vegas partying, doing all the madness and come and have a great performance defensively, grab 20 rebounds, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Win an NBA championship and then dip out again. Like, what? His team allowed him to go on a bender for like two weeks, not train, not do anything, just because yeah, they knew exactly. how good he was, because they knew he was like yeah. that. That's, that's unbelievable.